Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome to you today. Today we are in Lesson 11 of our Beauty of Grace series as we continue looking at the awesome beauty of God's glorious and amazing grace. In the first lesson, we talked about the cause of grace was our debt of sin. The cost of grace was that Jesus' blood was the only ransom that could be paid to pay that debt of sin that we owed. The core of grace came from the heart of God, his deep love for us. The communication of grace is when the message is preached. God has seen fit to put the message of grace in his word and in his people to deliver it. And so we preach the message of God's amazing grace. The call of grace when it goes out is the invitation to others to come and follow Jesus. The charge of grace, believe with saving faith, turn and follow him and answer his call. The conception of grace is when someone will believe in Jesus. They are born again of the spirit of the living God and given eternal life by the father of eternity. Their sins are washed away and their names are written in the Lamb's book of life and they're made brand new. In the cohesion of grace, we saw how it happens immediately when someone believes in Jesus and is born again of God's Spirit. That same Holy Spirit is given to them as a seal and a guarantee of their inheritance to come. Similar to earnest money in a purchase promising the full reality and full payment and full redemption to come. Then we talked about the condition of grace, being that it has put us in a brand new relationship now as children of the Most High God in covenant relationship under the new covenant. And then we saw the cry of grace. Now we can come to God because he is now in a relationship of being our heavenly father. And we can cry out to him and call upon him, Abba, Father. He is our Father now in this new relationship. In light of all these beauties and the new condition we have with our Father, crying, Abba, Father. Let's continue to move forward as we discuss today the corroboration of grace. The corroboration of grace. I looked up the word corroboration. I wanted to make sure I give you proper definition. And it says it means to give support to or attest to a theory, statement, or finding. It's to support with evidence or authority. It makes it more certain. It's to authenticate, to certify, or to add proof to. We've seen the new condition and the new relationship with its new cry of Abba Father. But do we have authentication? Do we have certification? Do we have proof with supporting evidence? Do we have something or someone who corroborates this change, this new condition, and our right and privilege as a child of God to cry, Abba, Father? The answer is a resounding yes. Jesus promised us from the Father, one whom he calls the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit of God. 
I want us to begin the reading today in John chapter 14. In John chapter 14, I want to read verses 15 through 18. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So in John 14, Jesus gives us some information about this promise of the Father, this guarantee, this promise that will give us this assurance, the Holy Spirit of God. He is the promise of the Father. He is the helper. That's what Jesus calls him here. He's promised here that the Father is going to send him to us. Jesus declared he is not going to leave us orphans. That word is orphanos in the Greek, and it means to be bereaved of parents, to be parentless. In other words, without the aid and guidance of a parent or a teacher, bereaved of a teacher. It's also used in James chapter 1, verse 27, where in that passage it is speaking of literal fatherless or orphan children. He is called the parakletos, the comforter, the helper, the one that's called along to our side, the advocate or intercessor that helps us, one who is called or sent to assist another one who pleads the cause of another. It's very interesting and we need to be aware of this and we need to realize that both Jesus, the Son of the living God, and the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, intercede for us constantly. This is proven to us in these scriptures. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, Romans chapter 8, verse 26, 27, and 34. He is the one who's been summoned or called to our aid. Jesus knew when he was leaving that we were still going to need a teacher. We were still going to need a comforter. We were still going to need an intercessor. We were still going to need a helper. We were still going to need an aid in this life. So the Holy Spirit of God was promised to us. I want to also look at John chapter 15, verse 26. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. So this Holy Spirit will testify of the Lord to us. He will witness, he will bear witness of Jesus in us, and of the truth of God's word and our life, our justification, and even our sanctification as we grow in Jesus Christ. In John chapter 16, let's look at verses 4 through 15. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? 
But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So here we are finding out more about this Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father that's granted to us, that he is the Spirit of truth. And everything he says and does is based in truth. He's been called and summoned to our aid. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4, it says this, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. And then he goes on and he starts talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit and being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then in the very next chapter, in Acts chapter 2, we find out when the Holy Spirit was actually sent and came. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the Holy Spirit now has been sent, according to Jesus. Jesus told them, wait right here, he's coming. And then Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, he comes. He now abides with us and is in us as Jesus had promised. Paul verifies this in several places in the New Testament, but I want us to look right now at Romans chapter 8, and I want to read verses 14 through 16. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We looked at that some yesterday. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So the Holy Spirit has been sent to us, he will abide with us and in us. He is the spirit of truth, testifying of Jesus, sent to be our aid and to help us in this life. And he bears witness. He brings the evidence, the certification, the corroboration. He bears witness. 
He testifies with us. He testifies with the Father, with the Word of God, and with the Son of the living God. He corroborates the evidence and confirms that we are children of God. The Holy Spirit is the evidence corroborating that we are the children of God. In Galatians chapter 4, I want to read verses 4 through 7. And when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. So in other words, so Paul is affirming here that God sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, giving us the cry of grace, Abba, Father, proving it that it is true and we are children of God. And now because we are children, we are heirs of God through Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is the corroboration and he is the evidence that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it says this, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. So all in relationship with Jesus Christ will have his Holy Spirit as that corroborating evidence, proving that we belong to him and we are Christ's. The corroboration of grace settles the question and gives us assurance of salvation by giving us the corroborating evidence and proof through the Holy Spirit that we are saved and we belong to Jesus now. I want us to look next at 1 John. In 1 John chapter 3, I want to read verses 16 through 24. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this, we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit whom he has given us. So the assurance, the confidence, the persuasion, and the trust is proven by the Holy Spirit that God has given to us. He is the origin or the basis that proves and settles the issue with authority that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. In this same book, 
1 John. Let's go over to chapter 5, and I want to read verses 11 through 15, and then read verse 20 as we draw to a close. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And then in verse 20, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding, that we may know him who is true, and we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, this is the true God and eternal life. So God wants us to know that we have eternal life in Jesus Christ and the corroboration of his grace that proves that to us is the Holy Spirit of the living God inside of us, living with us and abiding in us. When anyone is born of the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is the corroboration of that fact through God's grace, giving assurance of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus. Praise God for the corroboration of grace through his precious Holy Spirit and that witness. I pray that this has been a blessing to you, and Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes of The Beauty of Grace. God bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.